The following Dharma Talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota as part of the weekly Dharma series. So I'll share some thoughts and then we'll have time for a large group discussion. And uh, as a theme, one possible introduction is about uh, basically what's difficult, what we find difficult, and uh, and what's our relationship to that. So in Buddhism, there's a word dukkha, and uh, it's very all-encompassing. Being being with what we don't like, being separated from what we like, old age, sickness, and death. So it's kind of the whole range of what we find difficult in life. And uh, the Buddha actually centered his whole teaching around this, uh, that this is relevant. This is the most relevant thing to human beings, is that, that sense of, being burdened, and, and it, again, it really can vary in our lives in different ways, from mild irritation to extreme, extreme mental anguish. And uh, what do we do? What can be done? What is the way? What is a way of understanding this that? leads to release, that leads to freedom from this sense of being constricted, of our hearts not being fully open. That's one way that you might think about it. Um, you know, that sort of rings true in my experience. Like, there's some intuition, because there have been moments in my life, so there's some intuition of a heart, this heart, when it's fully open and just beauty. And you could put words to that, but it's kind of unnecessary because what's really what we remember from those moments is there's not a problem here or there's a connection, there's a, an acceptance, there's a release that is completely trustworthy and it's just like drinking water. It's what we've been looking for. So. Maybe we've hopefully all had moments like that. And then, in most of our lives, probably, to larger or lesser degrees, the heart feels somewhat constricted from that, you know, because something's annoying us. <laughs> so, uh, so we're not fully open. Or there's just a lot on our plate, and there's just, we're just burdened by, by life and the uncertainty and the pain we see around us and in us. And our heart just, shrinks from that. And yet there's that that yearning, that hope, that just that basic human, animal, probably, desire for pleasantness over unpleasantness. I think it's in some ways not more complicated than that. And it's just 
It's just built in, hardwired. The system wants to be at ease, wants to feel open, free, connected in relationship and uh, and feels upset, feels feel at ease when there's something in the way of that. And then the question is, what do we do about that? And what we do about that comes out of our understanding of what that is. So if my understanding is that you need to change in order for my heart to be released, then I will act accordingly and give you advice and even like give you advice on how, for, how you should be happier so that I don't have to you know, be exposed to your suffering. I see that myself. Which can, you know, look like compassion. Like, here's some good advice. You just got to do that. But my heart's constricted, and uh, and it usually doesn't just. Oh, really? I got it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know, we have we all have different personalities and different conditioning and different circumstances and different relationships too pain and uncertainty and because it is you know it's so varied and our and there's different ways of defending ourselves from it different strategies psychological strategies so in what i share probably it will be um shaped by my particular personality and circumstances but i'll try to you know keep my mind open to um, making it general when that seems useful as well you know there's kind of the lashing out the railing against the world fixing and there's giving up hopelessness or turning inwards turning um, frustration inwards it's my fault right my fault that things are hard and if only I was better in some uh, vague way. So, so different ways of protecting ourselves, different ways of understanding, trying to make sense of that pain. I, I like to look at it in that way it's like there's pain and it hurts and we don't like it and we we react and i think a lot of what can become somewhat complex psychological strategies are really just ways of making sense of and in the and making sense of is in itself a strategy for how to deal with pain and it's just one. I mean, there are other strategies like just numbing. Well, I just won't feel this. And uh, But having a story that we can cling to gives us some sense of ground. Even if it's a painful story like, I'm no good, or 
things will always be hard. So it's interesting that, that we seem to be set up in that way to look for uh, psychological safety in an interpretation. It's kind of just, that's a function of our minds and, and their storytelling ability that we can have, we can do that. And we do that all the time. And some stories are more useful than others. But, yeah, but we just want to be aware of what we're doing. And if, and if those stories are painful, um, then we want to be interested in, what role they're playing. Like, is there any, yeah, what is it, what is some story, for example, this is a personal failure, you know, this uh, anxiety. And not even that we would articulate it that way, but just how we approach it, how we understand it. Like, you know, it doesn't even have to be that articulated, like, but it's more just, I wish there was a way out of this. Like, basically, this is a problem, which is already an, inter- an interpretation, but we might not even see it that way because it's just so immediate, that aversion, because it's unpleasant, and we just assume it's a problem. And already assuming it's a problem, then we have a relationship to a problem Either we know what to do about it, or we don't. So what I'm trying to get at is the relationship. So I'm not saying that there aren't problems (laughs) or that there aren't things that we should do about them. Um, But how do we relate to that whole process? And is there any room there for a little bit more freedom and space? So one possible little title for part of this discussion, dukkha, this pain, this uncertainty, isn't a personal failure. It's our common humanity. So, and again, this is like to look at in our own heart, how do we actually react when things don't go according to our wishes? When we don't, act according to our best values or intentions. When we see, oh, how is this, this is coming up again, this pettiness, this fear, this anger, and uh, and then what's our response? How do we feel about that? Is there any room for that understanding of this is constructed, this is lawful. And in it, it's it's about defense. Like, what would it be like in those moments, whatever those moments are that are hard, what is it like to surrender fully to that reality in this moment that I just messed up, for instance? 
and uh, and just how the mind spins. So wherever our mind spins, I mean, it'll be different for each of us. Those places where our mind spins, then we, then we know, oh, the mind doesn't like this, and it's trying to get away from it. And the only way it knows how, which is in the mind, you know, just oh, if only I hadn't, or And it's just interesting to, to think about, yeah, how we how we do that, and it and it just that's at least to me where most of the kind of intense pain can come from is that just that like not wanting that and like and just the flailing and there may really not be knowing what to do there, but we want to be honest about that and not assume that because we don't know what to do that there's nothing to do and we're helpless. So it's that humility, like, interesting. The mind is flailing. I, on some level, intuit that this isn't helpful. And uh, and can there be some... We look for the place that we're not... Because if there's flailing, it means we're not... There's something we're, we're not willing to touch. And this isn't about forcing, this isn't about finding it, and there you are, and like, and then trying to figure it out. Because it's it comes out of compassion, because it's painful to run from what's real, from what's here. So we're kind of finding that tender spot and kind of settling in. So this is kind of my intuitive uh, description of this kind of subtle work in my own practice. And it comes out of, you know, I think on a conceptual level, we could misunderstand it and think it's like about forcing or, you know, just being with it, just deal with it. You know, there's no place to run, just just deal with it. But, you know, that intention may be similar words, but the intention is still like, I really want this to be over, so how do I get it over? Oh, yeah. Just be with it, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's more like mm, we actually see there's no place to run. Like, where is there actually to run from something that's being known here and now? something that's presenting itself, asking for attention in this system, energetic system, emotional system. There isn't a, anywhere to run other than distraction. And, uh, and that happens because sometimes things are so intense. And there isn't wisdom. There isn't groundedness. It just happens, and that's fine. That's going to happen as long as the mind uh, 
and heart aren't ready, basically. Um, But I kind of find that comforting, actually, that, like, there's no place to run. And it also means, like, unfinished business doesn't go away, which I kind of find comforting because on an intellectual level, at least, I'm like, you know, this is kind of the maybe forceful mentality to some degree, but it's like, I really want to understand, like, these places that I can't open to yet, that are hard, that... I get pushed around, that I cause suffering for myself and others, or things feel overwhelming. And, uh, yeah, so that it's, it's lawful and it's, it's, uh, it's just unfolding and, Yeah, something about how the way things unfold is lawful in, in awakening and in opening, becoming more sensitive, more grounded, more compassionate. So that, yeah, there's, there's just something trust, trustworthy about that, that like we don't have to figure out, okay, I'm going to open to this next week and then I'll deal with that, you know, like. It's always just now. Uh, I think something that maybe will help make the point I'm trying to make from Ajahn Suchito, he says that chitta, which is a word to refer to the basic sensitivity, just what's sensitive, what's impinged upon, the mind, the heart, just this, you know, less about the measuring mind, the thinking mind, but just if you ask, what does it feel like to be me right now, and just drop into that for a second. So, chitta, just that receptivity, presence. He says that chitta doesn't move forward in terms of space or time. It just moves moves in terms of heart inclinations. At this time, the heart feels more open, then it gets more closed. And it really opens, and then it gets scared, so it closes for a while. And it, like, opens in this way to that part, and then that's included more. So as a starting point for our practice, I've been finding that a really practically useful orientation. Because if you're like me, things seem really complicated. (laughs) And things are really complicated on the level of the measuring mind. Like, what to do? (laughs) Is there a right answer? And we get confused, and then the pain that we feel feeds that, because we think that that's the way to deal with pain, is to be right. And then we're always wavering, because we're never quite sure that we're completely right. So it's not a very reliable source of release. But this chitta, 
this basic sensitivity is always in that vicinity or is at least always on that level of release and contraction. It knows that. That's one of the things it knows, is sensitive to. And that's not complicated. The stories or the conditioning may be complex in the sense of there's many of them, they're conditioned by past events, when this arises, that arises. So there's a whole layer and many different elements, but the basic mechanism, release, contraction, in all the different ways. But I find that a really um, direct, and, and it has a sort of immediate payoff in a sense, <laughs> like... I can know contraction and I and then I think where there's actually interest isn't just I can know contraction because then you just get tired of that I don't want to know contraction it's knowing release once we know release even just a moment and then more moments get to know that energetic release, the release of the mind, release of whatever, clinging, and we know that subjective feeling of a burden being lifted, just whatever that problem was isn't there, or it's seen differently, it's integrated, so it's not a problem anymore, it's just this, it's just life, just like with emotions, it's just, oh, intensity, oh, it's wildness. Oh, it's, is it even unpleasant? What is, it's just this, it's just sensitivity, the aliveness. Maybe aliveness is intense. Maybe we don't know, Mark said this a month or two ago, maybe we don't actually know what being fully alive, fully present, fully awake, fully free, Released. Maybe we don't actually know what that feels like. You know, have like have a stored idea. Yeah, that's that's what it is. But it's really up to us, and no, you don't have to believe anything, but just seeing if there's anything in your experience that correlates with that feeling of release. And hopefully, you have many, many experiences, hopefully every day, in little ways, and maybe bigger ways. Oh, I don't have to think about that right now. Oh, I can just appreciate the sun just now. Oh, I I love this person. Love is release, release of um, ill will. You can't be judging yourself and loving someone at the same time. It's a generosity of the heart, love. So any self-centered or self-negating, it's just they don't exist in the same moment. So then 
when we have those moments of release, then we want to want to appreciate them. We want to let it register however much it does feel like a release of something that was actually burden, burdensome, and then there's a release. Don't just jump to an interpretation or a clinging, which is what we often do. That was so nice. <laughs> that release was so nice. And then we want more of it. We want to understand it, write it down so we got it. But then, then, but it's release. It's not grabbing. It's release. But what we can do with release is appreciate it, let it register, let it soak in it, let it purify all of the unconscious assumptions there might be and some unconscious faith in contraction as reality, contraction as the appropriate who I am even on that, you know. When there's release, it's disorienting. But it's also, but it's like, we just have to trust our own subjective experience. Does this feel like the the right way is this trustworthy does this lead to less suffering for myself and others am i less attached less attached to views to being right is there just uh, yeah sense of well-being sense of release <laughs> i'll just keep saying release <laughs> uh and then, and then we have more perspective on contraction. Basically, we have less faith in it. And then we can be more open even when things are hard because there's some, even if we're caught and we don't know what to do about it, but there's some, we just remember that it doesn't have to be that way. But the trick there isn't to then think that we know how to get there or, you know, it's just because I'm bad or because I lost it or it's like you have to feel contraction in order to release it. You can't release contraction without feeling it. You can't just jump into release because that's just an idea. I want to be released. I want to be free. I don't like this. Well, that's just... Contraction, it's just aversion. But wisdom or love will just care about contraction. And you, you feel it, and it's really painful. And I think we just run around in circles until it's too painful, and then we surrender. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that we can really learn without suffering, without seeing, you know, how we how we will try anything other than 
exposure. It's like we have a, a long, a lot of confidence and faith. Or just we're just holding on hope that life doesn't have to be this hard, and I can just. I'm just waiting for the right thing. It reminds me of some quote in a book about how people are always waiting for something in the mail. Or like, life is miserable, but people wait for something in the mail. Like, maybe something. (laughs) And it's yeah, not about hopelessness, but like, whatever we're looking for, it doesn't make sense that uh, it would come from from an idea that we have to defend. But that doesn't mean ideas aren't important and aren't always at play, because they are always at play and important. So we want to be interested in our, in our ideas and how they are serving as ways to not just to, in whatever way they're serving to prop us up. That may be useful in some times and other times yeah, may not be useful. So I want to leave some time for some sharing. And um, some of what I said may not make sense, and that's okay. You can just let it go. So some things you might reflect on and share with the group are just without having to understand it or even be able to articulate it perfectly, but it could just be interesting to hear if you have any moments of release that stood out clearly, and it could be in a particular situation or it could just be, you know, yeah, anyways, any any moment like that. And there might be this flavor of confidence that, like, there's something trustworthy there and the heart settles. So any any moment will do. And then also moments or places where there's confusion and uncertainty. And maybe if there's any clarity about how our relationship to that pain, then we look for certainty. We get constricted around that. and uh, Or where we're learning, like, just to be more honest. Yeah, I don't quite know, but... And any movement, any shifts there with being more... Surrendering more to pain, uncertainty, the brokenness in a way that feels healing, that also feels like the right direction. And then any questions you might have, we've got about four minutes, so I'll have time for maybe one or two comments or questions. And say your name if you don't mind. So who'd like to share? Thanks, um, Kathleen. So I was thinking you talked about release, mm. and it feels like release is something that happens just in the moment and suddenly. And I feel like a lot of times the release is um, over time. So I notice that sometimes when I meditate, I have thoughts about like shameful experiences, like even from my childhood. And I feel like over time you get less sensitized and it gets less charged. So if you expose yourself to that painful or shameful thought or memory, then um, over time it's released, even though it's it doesn't feel like it's releasing, but I feel like it does over time. Mm, yeah, I've had that experience too. Thanks for sharing that. 
There's a comment here. Thanks. Um, my name is Therese, and um, I had this experience actually just yesterday, and it's reminiscent of it happening other recent times, which is um, I'm currently in the, in the um, I sold my house a few weeks ago really quickly, like within 24 hours, which was great, um, but I haven't yet found a place <laughs> to go. So it's 13 more days till the move. Um, and yesterday I was out and, um, saw a few places and was a bit discouraged and I felt really, my tight, my heart was really, really tight and I felt really, I'm like, I'm just going to lay it all down and just go for a walk. And I find oftentimes the release will happen when I get up and really move intentionally. And it wasn't five minutes into the walk where then the heart released. And when I notice what's coming up, one of the first things lately is yesterday, which is what am I doing wrong? Like this sense, like, because it's not, I'm not getting the answer or it's not happening, that there's this underlying maybe part of the binding up that uh, if it's not working out, then I'm not doing something right. Right. So that was just really, um, I, I like what you said too about letting it just, the, le- the release register. And I think for me, it's just like, aha, I see, okay, no, you're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. This is, this right. is the way the market is. This is whatever, whatever it is. It just is. And I don't have to be judging myself for it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Powerful. Uh, really quickly. I know we're late um, or getting late. It's John. My name is John. Um, last week, Mark was talking about um, some diaries that were found who were written by a woman in the Nazi concentration camps and how kind and generous she was. And, and you began with kindness, too. And one of the things that I've discovered has been giving me release is when I'm, whatever, I'm driving or whatever, and I'm, I just know I'm feeling tight, I say, well, I could always be kind. And somehow it's just like it's a release. Um, and I think I was inspired by the, the extreme conditions under which these folks were being kind and generous. And that if they can, I can. Yeah, or at least it's worth investigating, asking them, is it possible to be kind here? What would that look like? How would that? So it's, yeah, we're developing that confidence. But we, we always are at our edges, not quite sure. And what would that look like, you know? So it's an active investigation. Like it sounds like, for, for you it is too. Oh, yeah, in this moment. Because it's in the moment before, we didn't remember that. So we remind ourselves. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, thanks, everybody. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.